Hallelujah. Come on, can we put our hands together for Jesus Christ on tonight? The reason why we are all here. Come on, we got to give God praise because it is cold and rainy outside. Dealing with the struggle of this heat is over. Look at your neighbor and say, it's over. But it'll be back. It's going to be back. And it's going to come back with a vengeance. I'm so glad to be here in the house of the Lord. Why don't you go ahead and take time and say hello to your neighbor. Say hi. Give him a high five or a hug. You know, yes, go ahead and get comfortable. That is what I'm talking about on today. Um, if you don't know who I am, I'm Isaiah Steele. I'm Pastor Reginald and Kelly Steele's oldest son. I'm 23 years old now. I'm feeling old. My knees ain't recovering like they used to. I went to play basketball this morning. They ain't not the same, y'all. So pray for your boy. Uh, so excited to be here. Um, of course, it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to share what the Lord has put on my heart. And it's always an honor to, to preach in my father's and my pastor and my boss's pulpit. Um, it's a really big deal uh, what they're doing right now. Potter's House, Denver. Now, if you have never heard of the Potter's House, of course, that is through Bishop T.D. Jakes. And if you know who Bishop T.D. Jakes is, we're going to pray for you in the back at the end of service. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes is a general in the army of the Lord. Um, he is, of course, huge, phenomenal dude. He talks like this. He's got a little lisp, big old gap. But Pastor Chris Hill is, has, <laughs> has a campus in Colorado, and they're preaching there today. He's probably up right now sweating and quoting all kinds of scriptures that these people didn't know was in the Bible. You feel me? Um, so glad to be here once again. I got to give honor where honors is due to my siblings. I got one in here, one upstairs, and the other two are at football practice. Love them so much. Can you give love to my siblings for me? That is what I'm talking about. Also, if you don't know, I got married in April, so my wife is here. Devin, throw your hand up, Devin. Yes. It's weird wearing a ring because it gets annoying and I play with it all day, but it's always good to remember that I am locked down forever. And I have never been so happy to be a prisoner in my life. <laughs> I tell Devin all the time, you're the best thing that's happened to me since the first time I had In-N-Out Burger. Just know that forever. Your comparison to a double-double with cheese is just phenomenal. Hallelujah. Um, let's hop into the word. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Um, if you've never heard me preach before, uh, my main purpose is always to bring people to Jesus and and, and drop knowledge about Jesus, but I always try to be the fastest preacher of all time. So, uh, 7.36 by 8 o'clock, oh, 7.38 by 8 o'clock, let's all just get out of here, amen. Empire's on tonight, can I get a yeah? See what Lucius and him is up to. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the message version. The message version of the Bible is way different than the version you probably have, but um, we're going to read it. If you don't have that, we'll read it right off the screen, MSG. There it is. Um, it says, this is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show you and take care of you and take care of you as I promise and bring you back home. Next verse. I know what I'm doing. Look at your neighbor and say, he know what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a future. You got a future. A future and a hope. We're going to the next verse. And then it says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. Next verse. And then it says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, when you get serious 
about finding me and want it more than anything else, next verse, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries which I drove you. God's decree, bring you home to the place. I, I love the message version because we can now leave. Amen. I'm just playing. Um, everybody, bow your heads. Close your eyes so we can pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today, oh God. I thank you for allowing all of your vessels, Lord, to come into this house, Lord. I, I thank you for allowing me to have the opportunity, Lord, to, to share scripture, Lord, and, and share your word with everybody, Lord. And, Lord, I'm asking right now that you help the Pittsburgh Steelers because we're struggling. In Jesus' name, what do we all say? Amen. Thank you for all the people who said amen. Um, tonight I'm going to be preaching, 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 preaching a message entitled Purpose in the Plan. There's purpose in the plan. How many of us know that the God has a plan for our life? There is purpose in your plan. Look at your neighbor and say, I got purpose in my plan. There is purpose in your plan. Has anybody made a plan before? By a show of hands. Anybody ever made a plan before? That's what I'm talking. Has anybody ever made a plan that didn't go right in your head like you had it originated? Okay. Um, for instance, has anybody ever had like a sandwich or something that you left in the fridge and then you went to work and then the whole time you're driving home from work, you're like, ooh, I'm about to tear this sandwich up. Has anybody ever been there before? And then you walk into the house and you probably get a plate out because you're about to warm it up and you're excited and you're smiling. You look in the fridge and it has disappeared. Has anybody wanted to beat up a mom or a dad or some siblings before for eating the sandwich that you know, they know it was not theirs, and your bite marks was in it, so they nasty for eating it behind you? Like you hope they cut that part off? Your pastor is famous for eating anything in a refrigerator that does not belong to him. And his main argument is, I bought it, I'm going to eat it. And it's not fair when you're 15 and you can't even get a job. You're like, bruh, it's not, even, it's not even how I liked it. But at the end of the day, that's what he would do. So I've had this plan over, over the last few weeks, and a lot of you men I'm mad at because when I was getting married, a lot of you men would say, oh, you ready? Be careful. Oh, don't yell at her. Oops, she's going to go off on you, but just take it on the chin. And, I, and all that was, was good advice. But you never gave me advice about when you get married, you just start gaining so much weight like, I got one ab now ever since I've been married. And so I, one day, and this is when I realized it, I woke up, looked in the mirror. I said, my God, what happened to us? Like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror like, what happened? And I'm like, no, is that side fat? And I'm like, bruh. And so I'm like, wait a minute, I'm still an athlete. So what I have to do now is get into the gym. And so I'm in the gym, and I'm work, doing weights, and I'm like, now I'm getting thicker. What's going on, right? And so then I go online, because you can Google anything today. I Google how to lose weight after being married, right? And that's what it comes up, is you need cardio. And that means you have to run. And I'm like, I don't want to run. Like, I ran when I played football. I'm done now, but I have to run. And so the first time I get to the gym and I have to start running, uh, it's all women on the treadmills. And there's one at the, in the middle of all the women on treadmills. And so I get up there, and I'm walking at first, you know? I'm walking. And then in my head, I'm like, come on, Zay, if you want to burn this, man, we got to run. And so I get to running, right? And I'm running. I'm running. And there's this lady next to me going faster with a straight face, not even breathing out her mouth. 
And so I'm like, I'm a man, right? So I'm going faster, and now I'm trying to breathe with my mouth closed, because I'm like, you ain't about to outdo me, boo, right? And so I'm running, I'm running, I'm like, I know I got to burn the fat, and I'm trying to keep my mouth closed, and I'm stimulating. I don't know if you guys have seen the new things that they put over their mouth, and they look like Bane, and they breathe through. I'm simulating that, but with my mouth closed. So at this point, my nostrils are burning, right? And the lady's still going. At this point, I quit. I'm like, this is stupid. And the lady kind of like, look at me like, hmm, right? And I'm like, you, you've been doing this for longer than me, right? So I walk off. So anyway, long story short, a month goes by, and I've lost five pounds, right? I'm like, thank you for the yee, okay? I lost five pounds, but here's the thing. I'm like, I look the same. And so I'm like, where am I losing the weight from? My bones? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? And so I start doing further in-depth look at myself, and I looked at my legs, and my legs have lost all the five pounds, but my upper body ain't moving. And so I go to my coworkers here at work, and I go to my boy Ever, and I'm like, yo, man, we got a problem, dude. Something's going on with my legs, man. Like, they don't feel as strong, and they smaller. And he's like, oh, brother, you got to start somewhere. And I'm like, what you mean? He's like, it works its way up. And I'm like, it should work its way down. You know what I mean? So that didn't go according to my plan, but I do believe if I continue and be consistent in that, the plan will work. But it's all about remaining consistent and, 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 and getting into the groove of things so the plan will work. So there might be some of you that walked in here today, you've set some plans in your life, you've got some goals in your life that have you yet to reach, and there's all kinds of walls and barriers that are stopping you from it, but I guarantee you this, if you continue to show consistency in your plan, it has to come through. If you continue to show consistency in your plan, God will make a way for you in your life. So really quick, we're going to get into this today. And before we go there, there's all kinds of changes of plans that have happened in the Bible. The children of Israel thought right when they passed through the Red Sea, they were straight. They were good. The promised land is on the way. But they didn't know it wouldn't be for another 39 years. Another 39 years of wandering in the, in the desert, and they wanted to get rid of Moses and get a new leader and all kinds of stuff. They had no idea because when things don't go according to plan, it can get really frustrating. How many of y'all can see that? It's frustrating when the pastor still eats all the sandwiches in the refrigerator, and they be all kinds of different flavors and stuff, and I'm like, you nasty. How you going to have a meatball with a spinach sandwich? That's disgusting. You know what I mean? But when things don't go according to plan, it can get frustrating. Get, it, can, it can get under your skin. Uh, uh, Mary and Joseph thought they were just going to get married and have a baby and live a normal life. <laughs> Until an angel came down and said, I have a different plan for your life. You're going you're gonna to give birth to a, bo a boy named Jesus who's going to come, live for 33 years, die, and then now everybody 2,000 plus years later will still be talking about this dude. I guarantee if you go back to Mary and be like, Mary, was that in your plan? She'd be like, mm-mm. You know what I mean? If things don't go according to plan, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. It can be a little bit, a, a little bit discouraging. But we serve a God that has the master plan. Amen? There's purpose in his plan. Look at your neighbor and say, there's purpose in his plan. There's purpose in his plan. So really quick, this is where we're going to go through three ways to allow God to come into your life and prosper in your plans, to allow him to come into your life and, and, and be a part of your plans so that way you can reach it. And when you hit walls and barriers, if you take these three things and you put that in front of your selfish ways, in front of yourself, 
in front of your issue, I guarantee you'll be able to push through it. So number one, everybody say number one. We have to go after him. If you go back to Jeremiah chapter 10, or Jeremiah 29 verse 10, it says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. And then it says, yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. When you get serious about it, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. The scariest feeling as a kid, if, you, and if everybody can, I don't care how old you are in this room, but the scariest feeling as a kid, everybody has felt this thing before, this, this fear that comes through you is getting lost in the grocery store. Oh my God. There's been so many different times in my life where I would get lost in the grocery store. And it's not scary when you're a teenager, but you got to go back to when you're like age five to like nine. For some of us, 12. You know what I mean? Everybody gets that thing inside of them that's like, oh my gosh. So I remember a few times being in the grocery store. My mom's like, hey, go get the bread. Meet me on aisle five. And I'm like, cool. I'm walking, and as soon as you walk away from your mom, every single person you see is a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like if somebody says hi, you're like, stranger, danger. You know what I mean? You, you're trying to make sure that every, nobody weird is coming to talk to you. So I remember grabbing bread, walking down the aisle, and there's this large dude standing at the end in all black. And he's not looking at me, but he's looking past me for like something in the aisle. And I remember freezing and being like, my God in heaven, he's a monster, Right? And right away you get this thing that strikes up. So the one, the one thing that you want to do is find your mom and dad looking through the aisles. So I remember running through the aisles and looking for my parents. And at this point I'm crying. And then you find a worker and you're like, I can't find them. You know what I mean? And they got to call them all the intercom. Kelly Steele, please come to your son is crying in the front. Like they put you all on blast. And my mom comes up and she's like, boy, what you doing? And my dad's like, hey, I'll give you something to cry about. And I'm like, here? You know what I mean? I'm looking at the workers like, you going to let him talk to me like that in front of you? What kind of establishment is this? But I believe this. And here's one thing that I realize. I, I always, I deal with teenagers on a day-in and day-out basis. And the one thing I try to, to try to push forward is this. If we can get that fear that strikes in front of us, that strikes in our heart when we know that we're far away from Jesus, when you know that you're not doing things right, when you know that you're making mistake after mistake, when you know you're making bad decision after bad decision, if we can get to a place in our life and that fear strikes us, not because we're afraid of the devil, but because we're afraid to lose sight of Jesus. See, the worst thing that anybody can do in this room is start to lose sight of Jesus because when you do that, you start to lose sight of the plans that he has in your life. When you start to do your own thing and you start to deviate from the plans that he's created for you in your life, that's when Satan comes in and you allow these doors and these windows to be open into your spirit and you see different things and now you're experiencing strongholds. You're experiencing uh, uh, things that have been dead in the past in your family. Family curses are coming back alive in your life because we deviate ourselves from his plan for our life. But at the end of the day, what we have to do is this. We have to go at him. We have to go to God. When you come here, yes, that's a great start, but it's about when you leave these four walls. What are you doing in the car? When you get in the car, you're thinking about, man, that service was good. Let's turn on future right now. We've got to turn all the way up. Or are we saying, you know what? I think that what was said on tonight, what was said throughout this whole entire life is I need to get my things right. I need to get things in line with Jesus. I'm sick and tired of being a, a half-time Christian dealing with the full-time God. 
I'm sick and tired of dealing with strongholds and depression and, and, and low self-esteem and, and all kinds of things coming at me. And, and, and when I feel that way, some of us will get so bound up, the enemy will come in and say, see, church isn't working. Jesus isn't working. And you become in this fetal position of death and depression and, and strongholds and all kinds of things upon your life. But if you keep your mind on the plan that he has for your life, or if you can get past the things that the enemy is trying to say, if you can get past those lies that the enemy is trying to put on your life, that's when you can realize, man, this, part, uh, this is not part of the plan. My God is bigger than my issue. How many of us know we serve a God that's bigger than any of our issues? He's bigger. Look at your neighbor and say, he's big. He's a big God. He's a big God. So we have to go after him. Everybody say, go after him. We have to go after him. Number two. We've got to leave what's familiar. Let's go to Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20, and we're going to be done in about 8 to 10 minutes, I promise. Proverbs 13, verse 20. And it says, and I'm reading from the message, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. I'm going to read it again. Become wise by walking with the wise. If you hang out with fools, watch your life fall to pieces. The reason why I say you got to leave what's familiar in order to follow God's plan is because there are some friends, there are some people that are surrounding us, there's some family members, there's some other people in our lives that don't want to see that plan come true. The one thing you have to realize this, is, and my folks will always tell me this, not everybody is on your team. They'll smile in your face. They'll, they'll give you a high five. They might even hug you at church. But what are they saying behind closed doors? Are they speaking death on your life? Are there certain things that they don't want to see be accomplished in your life? And the one thing you have to do is this. You have to say, Lord, I need you to point these people out. Show them. Identify the spirit that is behind this person. And let them be gone from my life. See, we always say, um, um, if, if God blesses your neighbor, he's in the neighborhood. If you're in, a, if you're in a place where you're not being blessed and none of your friends, maybe it's time to move. Maybe it's time to leave that neighborhood. Maybe it's time to pick up your belongings, say your goodbye. Some of us shouldn't even say goodbye. You should leave at 2 a.m. in the morning and get away from certain people in your life that are putting death on your life. Because if you're hanging out with fools... That means you're a fool. If you surround yourself by people who are not positive, not church going, don't believe in anything you believe, laugh at the Jesus that we serve, maybe they should not be a part of your life. I had a friend. I had a friend that, that he's crazy, okay? And I had to cut him off a few weeks ago because this dude is crazy. He's a trip. He started doing stuff um, that was just contrary to what I believe in. And every, all of my friends know I'm, I've been a church boy since the day I was born. I've, I've been in church more than y'all have had nuggets from McDonald's. I've, I've been in church my entire life. And it wasn't until about three years ago I started realizing that I can't hang out with everybody that I still want to hang out with. And so when I cut them off, I feel like it wasn't, it wasn't a hard thing. I feel like this weight was lifted off of me. I felt like this thing was lifted off of me, and I don't think it was, it was mentally, but I knew spiritually something started to stir up when I started to not see darkness anymore. I started to see light in different people. I started seeing light in my day, but I knew it was because of this person I had to cut it off. And understand this, change is not comfortable, people. How many of us know that? 
When you change ways and when you change people and you change friends, it is not comfortable. When I got married, I get married, 23, married, love Jesus. I'm like, I'm going to heaven for show. You know what I mean? I done, I done messed around and let go of everything else. I had like at least four or five years to party some more. I said, no, I'm done because I love Jesus and I'm going to heaven now. And so I get married. Thank you. <laughs> Lamb, Lamb's Book of Life. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I'm on there. <laughs> Isaiah Cole. Okay, so I'm, 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 I'm in this thing of, uh, I'm so excited. I remember walking down this aisle, standing up there, and when I said, I do, gave the kiss, walked away, I said, Lamb's Book of Life, right? Walked off. And so peep this. As soon as we get married, Devin, who's beautiful, has this long hair, right? She's flowing with the hair. And so she comes to me two months into the marriage and is like, hey, I'm going to go get a haircut. I come from a black home where we just put it on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not saying everybody does that, but from, from my house, we clip it, clip it, gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> clip it, clip it, out. You know? If guys get a haircut, buzz cut, buzz cut, line, line, line. You know? And so when she comes to me and she's like, she's getting a haircut, I'm like, okay, well, how, how, do, you, how do you guys do that? You know? Like, how does that work for you? Because I call her my quarter black because her, her daddy's black and white and her mama's full white blonde hair. So I'm like, how does it work in that area? You know, like, we cutting it off, like Amber Rose in it? Or, or you going to get some more to put on? And she's like, no, I'm going to get a trim. So I'm like, okay, you have to explain trim. So we trimming an inch? We trim in two inches, and she's like, shows me this picture of this lady on Instagram, beautiful, and she's got her hair like, uh. And I'm like, ooh, I like that, do it. It's you all day. So she goes to get her hair cut. It's pretty quick. She calls me up, hey, let's go have lunch. Got it cut. I'm like, babe, can't wait to see it, right? I'm so excited. So we pull up, and I get out the car, and she's like, hey. Now, the one, now, now this, we're gonna pause there. <laughs> We're going to pause there. I remember my dad one day, my mom cut her hair. Uh, uh, it, well, she, put, she got some new hair that she, that she didn't like when I was probably about 10 or 11. He, did, he, he hated it. Like, she come in the room, he'd be like, psh, psh, psh. I'm just playing. No, but like, <laughs> he, he didn't like it. And I remember, like, having a conversation when I'm like 12, 13, like, man, dad, I don't like mom's hair. Man, me either. And I'm like, well, you going to tell her? He goes, no. And I'm like, yeah, you got to tell her. He's like, I'm going to tell her, but I'm going to tell her. You got to make sure you tell them in a nice way. So back to where I am. She gets out the car. She's right there. She's like, hey, right? The flip wasn't as full. You know, it was a half flip, uh, right? Like the wind was blowing and it wasn't really moving like it usually does. And so I'm like, hey, babe. <laughs> How are you? You know what I mean? And she's like, do you like it? Do you like my hair? And I'm like, yeah. You know, <laughs> it looks good. And she's like, do you like it? And now this do you like it is like, no, for real, you like it or we fighting? So I'm like scared because I'm like, this can ruin the rest of the day if I say I don't like this hair. So I'm like, look at, yes, it's the texture, it's shinier, it's, it's a new you. She's like, thanks. And she walks off and it's like barely flapping, you know what I mean? 
So I dealt with that. <laughs> after, after about two, three weeks, I got used to it. And it's growing again, hallelujah, to, 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 the, to the hair growth. It's growing again, and, I, and I've never, I never stopped loving you, just so you know that. But it was, I don't like change. I don't like change. I like what's familiar. I like my everyday thing. I drive the same way to work every day. When I get here, my same routine, I usually get a McMuffin. I sit down, McMuffin, McMuffin, then I go talk to people. That's, that's my routine. And so when change starts to happen in our lives, we have to be willing to, to, to step out of our selfish ways and, and put ourselves in the line of what God has planned for our life. Because how many of us know there's certain things that we have plans and we've made goals for that aren't the same plans that he has for our life? My big thing was I always thought I was going to be a professional athlete. God said, nope, you're going to be a preacher boy, just like your grandpa, your daddy, and the grandpa before the daddy. You know what I mean? And I tried to fight it. I tried to fight it. Next thing you know, I'm up here holding the microphone talking to y'all. And the one thing that you have to do is fall in love with the plan that he has for your life. Fall in love with the plan that he has for your life. So that's number two. Leave what's familiar. Number three, and we're going to be done. Let's go to Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, though. I like, I like this version. Um, if you're there, say amen. If you're not, say hold up. We're there. Okay. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. Number three, we have to remain focused on his word. We have to remain focused on his word. When you remain focused on his word, and you begin, you begin to not just read the Bible, but you begin to put certain situations into your life and say, man, what, what, what do I need to do from this to put in this situation and just Make it a big bowl of ingredients, and what can I do to create a path for my life that is got not only pleasing to me, but pleasing to the God above? You know, understanding that. We went through a situation on Friday night. Um, um, this, <laughs> this is probably one of the most embarrassing moments that I had ever been in that didn't even involve me. Um, Friday night, we're big football fanatics, of course. My brothers won state, the state championship last year. Um, Isaac's a senior now, quarterback, DB of the team, the star, whatever. It's senior night. We on the field. I was so happy because mom didn't cry at this one because it looked like she was at a funeral for mine. It was bad. It was bad. Also, at my graduation, we have no pictures because my mom was too busy sobbing the entire time. And I'm like, mom, you're supposed to graduate from high school. You know what I mean? Like, if I graduate from college, let's, let's, let's cry because ain't, none of us did that yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> But my mom keeps it together. I'm like, it's a good night. We're playing Liberty High School, which is the team that we played in state last year. But this year, they are terrible, like to the point where they're, they're like two and, two and nine at this point. So I'm like, man, let's make this thing happen. This game's going to be easy. We're going to blow them out. First half comes. It's 14-14. So I'm like, rough start, rough start. We're straight. We're a second half team. Second half comes. Third quarter. At the end of third quarter, we're losing 20 to 21. So I remember looking at my dad like, Dad, what's going on? He said, brother, I don't know. Right? And so I'm like, man, what's, 
What's going on? So fourth quarter comes. We, we're up by 12 with four minutes left. So we chilling, right? I'm excited. Man, we pulled it off. Man, it was scary. Dad was like, man, these boys was tripping, man, but we did it, right? He's like, hey, hey now. You know, we're all excited and we're cheering and we're thinking we're going to move on. Next thing I know, they catch an interception, score. Then they do a double pass reverse thing and score. And now we're losing with 55 seconds left to a team that is terrible, a team that has no business being in the game, a team that shouldn't even be going to the playoffs, but they have to because there's only 17 teams in Division I this year, and that's a whole other sermon that we can preach right there. But anyway, next thing I know, we're at this point where there's no return. So I'm like, God, you've, you've, you've had us escape from so many different games this season. This is nothing. This is nothing. Our kick returner is one of the best kick returners in, in, in Arizona, period. He's going to return this to the crib. They kick it off. The ball is rolling to this dude, and I'm like, oh, he about to get it. He about to get it. The ball goes past him and rolls to the one-yard line. So now we got to go 99 yards <laughs> in 40 seconds in high school football with like a, a one-and-a-half receivers on our team. You know what I mean? So we don't get it done. We lose the game. And so I have a point. I have, I have three options. Do I A, cry? <laughs> do I B, leave right now? Devin, get the keys, get the car, we gone. Or do I C, go out there and comfort my brothers? I thought about B real heavy, like let's just get out of here. You know what I mean? I had, I had plans after the game. Halloween's the next day. I'm like, we out. I'm getting my costume. You know what I mean? But I put my selfish ways aside, and I say, I'm going to go out there and talk to my brother. So I go out there, and usually after football games, we all meet, uh, as all the parents, all of the team, and we all meet right there in the middle. And uh, our brother's not coming, and I can't see him anywhere. I see Isaac in the corner of the end zone in a fetal position, kind of just staring into space. And so I walk over to my brother, and I have options going through my head. Do I say he sucks? Do I say we lost because him? Do I say you need to take control of your team? Or do I say, you know, encouraging words? So I get over there, and I go to my brother, and I'm looking at him. And he's not looking at me. And I'm like, Isaac, Isaac. And he looks up. And I go, this is not it. This is not it. And out of nowhere, how this whole sermon came up, this thing came out of my mouth that I didn't even think of. I said, this is all part of his plan. This is all part of his plan. And Isaac's looking at me. He's like, I know. I said, all right. And I walk off. Now, when I walk off, I'm like, why did I lie to him just now? That wasn't part of the, that wasn't part of the plan. And I'm looking up like, Jesus, you made me lie to him. <laughs> you, made, you made me lie to my brother. But at the end of the day, now that I look back at that situation, that was all God. That wasn't me. I, Isaiah had to put himself aside and had to be, not only become a big brother, but a spiritual guidance for him. And I had to realize, and not only in the football game, yeah, football is just a game and it's just a sport, but in our lives, people, when, when things start heading south, when things start, start going unplanned and things start spiraling out of control, that's the mindset we got to have, is this all part of his plan? Because I know at the end of this, at the end of the day, and at the end of this plan, it's all going to come to pass. 
it's all going to make sense. There's certain things that he puts you through to make you stronger, to take on bigger things so that your kids will be able to look up and say, you know what, mom and dad made it through this, I can make it through this. Because we serve a God that doesn't do things on accident. Everything is part of the plan. Everything is part of the plan. And that's how good our God is. There's certain situations that some of you have been sitting in, and you're in this room right now, and you say, I've been, I've been going through the ringer. There's certain things I, I shouldn't be going through. Let's not play the victim, people. I believe that the days of playing the victim and feeling sorry for ourselves are over. Because according to God's plan, he says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It says that we are overcomers, that we will soar with wings like eagles, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Just follow the plan. Follow the blueprints. He holds the blueprints to your life. Are you going to hold your blueprints tight to your chest and, 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 and hold on to them? Or are you going to say, Lord, here, here, you, you, you draw exactly where you want me to go and where you want me to be and see what God does for your life. If you believe that message on tonight, can we give God a hand of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. With everyone standing around the room, I want to just pray this prayer with everybody really quick. And, and, and um, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you might be in this room right now and you say, you know what? I, I have made some mistakes.